Uh, so it's the next episode, standard. You start it with a laugh, like you always do. I'm not laughing. <laughs> you are. That's how you always start these. So, uh, <laughs> like once again, it's a, well, mystery topic for me. Mystery topic for me too. Well, no, that's not how this works. Yeah, I know, I come up with it, but I don't come up with it until right now. Yeah, uh, you're obviously still sounding a bit ill. Yeah, I know, you're going to do most of the talking, because I sound... It's not disgusting. that bad. No, it's not that bad. I do sound quite bad. Uh, so, have you decided on what we're talking about then? Yes. Well, then spell it. Oh, I've got two things in my head, and I don't know which one to go for. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I think we're going to go for. It's kind of to do with the blog post you wrote about being the social chameleon. Okay. And kind of. I mean, that's like your burger strength. Your burger talent? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to call it that. I think that's funny that there's always that burger talent. That's always one of my favourite things about when people find out that you've got Asperger's um, and then obviously autism because they think you have, like, some sort of superpower. Yeah, like... Like, here's a violin, play it. Like, I'm sure (laughs) you've never touched one before, but, like, you've got autism, so you can do. Or are you good at drawing? Or can you, like, I'm going to drop this, like jar of coins how much is there just from the sound i my one was when like you said that you think i've got asperger's my thing was i thought in my head but i don't know what day of the week it was on like the 17th of march 1882 and i thought that was like <laughs> i don't think that's even is that autistic some people can do that there's people that can do that yeah but that's, but... that's not like that's i don't know if it's a i mean i don't know i think it's because like this is the whole umbrella of Asperger's being under autism, um, yeah. like I feel like it probably shouldn't be under autism. Like I think now, if you look at the DSM five, which is obviously a list of um, like disabilities and like that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure Asperger's isn't in there anymore now, and it's just blanket autistic spectrum disorder. Yeah. So like you're technically diagnosed these days as having ASD. Um, which I think that's what my diagnosis has been changed to. But yeah, that's that's worse, because then that's everybody under there. So yeah, there are people probably with ASD that can do that kind of thing. Yeah, well, Asperger's is high-functioning autism? No, no, they're separate. Um, it is a... I suppose it's a high-functioning form of autism, so it's autism, but you can... You're able to, like... Do you know what I mean? Like, go about your day, like, unsupervised. Yeah. But it's not... There are people out there that are classed as having high-functioning autism, um, I suppose. Like, I would class, um, like, not to say any names, but... Um, I think I know who you're thinking of. But has yeah. a pipe. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I would class him as high-functioning autism, but, like, if you compare him to, say, you or me... Like you can okay, yeah, because the person you're referring to, it's... When you meet him, it's quite obvious that he, well, I mean, he has, has some sort yeah. of, like, disability. And he so. has a carer. Yeah. Uh, and, like, he doesn't do stuff on his own. I would class, like, that more in a thing, but I, it's a weird one. I would say he's got high-functioning autism, but I would class Asperger's as a form of uh, autism with someone that's able to function properly, I guess. Okay, yeah. I don't know if that's... Well, this kind of... So, the other... Or one of the other topics that I was going to talk about today could kind of be merged with this, because I was going to go through... So, like, the biggest problem for me with 
being told you might have Asperger's was, but I can do this, I can do this, so I can't have it because I can do these things. So I was going to talk about like what is typically associated with Asperger's and then how it doesn't affect everyone the same and everyone there are things that I can't do that you can do, you can do and I can't do. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned this in the diagnosis thing, but um, it is kind of down to, um, I think it's down to the like, so I think when you're born, uh, you have, um, you have, uh, so yeah, um, I was thinking we've moved, we've moved location because the <laughs> wind was getting windy. too windy, but yeah, I was saying that. I think when you're born, um, like, I think there's this possibility that your Asperger's is the same. So, like, everybody kind of has it the same. And I think it is the way you're raised is... Uh, like a nature vs nurture. I yeah. <laughs> like, I think that uh, that's how it works. So, I think, like, whatever happens to you as you're growing up is the thing that shapes, like, what your traits will become. Okay. Um, like me and you had completely different backgrounds, different parents were from different areas. Yeah. Um, you're a girl, which I think uh, we've well, we haven't talked about it yet, but like between us, not recorded or on an episode. But I have mentioned that spotting Asperger's in girls is much harder. Yeah. It's not as easy to do. Most people that get diagnosed are male. I think for one point they believed that more males have autism than females but i think it's starting to go the way of it's just harder to spot in girls. yeah i mean the actual i can't i don't know his first name but mr asperger hans uh, hans asperger <laughs> he originally didn't think girls could get it yeah yeah so like um i think when i got diagnosed the statistics were like one in a hundred people have it and something like one out of ten of those is a girl so yeah. um but yeah, so I think that's down to it. Like, and like you said, the social chameleon post I did was about me adapting. So it's about, I wrote it about like how basically when I, I was fine until I ended up like being in school. So I think as a child, um, well, up until the age of four, um, and I know I said that traits that are obvious to people show when you're four, yeah. but the second I went to nursery school, that's when problems started to happen. So like in the nursery school I went to, they had, um, I remember them having like allotted times for stuff. So there was like a time when you get to play with like the train set. And then after that time runs up, it's that, you know, when they cut like a potato in half and you got to paint with it. Yeah. Um, like, and I'd got it in my head train time and I'd made like my own timetable of, I'm going to be playing with these trains pretty much for the whole time I'm going to be here. So when the time came that they were like, nah, it's now time for potato painting. <laughs> like, apparently I just had huge meltdowns and would freak out about it and wouldn't go along with it to the point where uh, I think my mom was called into school a lot. Uh, and the same thing happened, like, when I made it into primary school. You know, I'd I'd be disruptive. I... Um, I'd have problems, you know, in general, like with sticking to their timetable and doing the things they wanted to do. I mean, if I'm honest, I still have it now. Like, you wouldn't know it, but I have issues with having a boss of any kind or anyone telling me what to do. Yeah, um, I know you don't like authority. Yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, I know people that are, like, neurotypical have, like, a problem with authority and, like, that whole yeah. thing. But I think for me, it's because I have to control my own routines and my own schedule. I can't... Um, I can't do, you know, what somebody else wants me to do. Uh, it's like, for example, at work now, if I'm on 
and say like I've got a plan for the day and I know what I'm supposed to be getting done because I'm like a member of management that's fine because I can create my own routine but yeah. say like uh, the area manager comes in I get really angry like at that point I get really angry when he comes in because as well. I think like well that's it like my whole day is now going to change and he's not going to tell me how yeah. I'm just going to have to wait for it and it puts you on edge but um yeah like back to the point of like so that was the problem in school and the reason that I changed was because I realized that I was always getting into trouble for being a certain way. I mentioned in the last post about relationships that um, if you're someone that doesn't have friends, you get noticed, like, but noticed in a bad way. Yeah. So I had to adapt my entire personality into appearing normal. So um, I knew I couldn't stick to the routine of a school or the routine of that kind of thing. So what I did is I took on the, I suppose, persona of just a disruptive, like, you know um Child? yeah you know yeah. like the kid that there's always that kid that like knows what you're supposed to be doing um but yeah. he's purposely going out of his way to be like a menace to yeah, the class yeah. um so i just kind of took on that personality and that personality always gets you noticed with other kids so other kids always want to be friends with that guy that makes jokes and says things to yeah. the teacher that like oh should he have said <laughs> that to the teacher um, but really, it was just because I needed to go about doing my own thing. But instead of throwing, like, the tantrum that I'd throw, like, in nursery school, I just made it, like, my act for the day. Um, but I didn't understand how normal personalities work or how normal people naturally become that kind of person. So I took my examples from, like, characters in films. So, like, I used to watch a lot of TV, uh, movies, that kind of thing as a kid. And I'd find those characters that had personalities that were relevant or were what i thought is who i should be yeah. for the sake of my own like mm. agenda at school uh and just started nicking personality <laughs> traits of these like fictional characters to uh yeah to get through the day basically um because uh if i'm honest like i told you before i can't read so yeah i mean i can read like i can i, I, yeah, I recognize yeah. words on page but i can't read like books or leaflets or Anything that's basically got more than a side, and if the words are too small or too close together, I can't read, and it's an autism thing. Like, halfway through a page, my brain will just start interrupting what I'm trying to focus on with, uh, oh, what about this? And, you know, you've got to have dinner later, and, like, what time is it? And, yeah. oh, maybe we should, like, buy this outfit off off this website. <laughs> and, like, before you know it, I am not reading anything. Like, so I've never been able to, to read a book. I've never read a book. Like, I listen to audiobooks now because I can do that. But even then, with audiobooks, like, I have found myself, like, you know, you can do that rewind by, like, 30 yeah, seconds. I do. I do that a lot uh, because I do. And sometimes it happens with movies where I'm watching it and I'm just like, what? Uh, so I have to wind it back, you know, because I don't follow it. So I have that problem with, like, those kind of mediums. So, like, reading is, is out. But in school, like, reading's, like, a thing. Like, paying attention to the board. Paying attention to someone talk for ages yeah. about something you can't focus on. I mean, if I'm honest, like, uh, there's loads of stuff that I just didn't learn to do until I just somehow managed to talk myself, teach myself a lot older. Like, uh, I know one of the things I couldn't do is now how many times I tried to teach me in school. I couldn't tell time until I was, like, 12. Okay. Um, because I just couldn't do it. Even with digital watches, like, I couldn't figure out, like, what was happening. It wasn't till, um I just figured it out. Like, it was weird. I just remember not paying attention in a lesson and staring at a clock for ages and just working it out myself <laughs> because I couldn't concentrate on anyone else trying to teach me. And, you know, like, if I'm at work or if I'm at school, the second someone goes, oh, I'm going to show you how to do this, uh, 
if I'm honest, I just sort of go, okay, I'm just going to along and I'm not really listening. Yeah, I notice that about you if yeah. I try and show you anything at work. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know. Um, like, if I know someone else that knows how to do it, I'll just get them to do it. Or I just think, I don't need to know this yet, so I'm not going to. Or it's not that time of the day for me to be learning. You know, like someone goes, like, I'm busy doing something. Someone goes, I'm going to teach you how to do this. I just think, nah, like, <laughs> it is not in my schedule today to be learning that. Um, I mean, I think I've gone on a bit of a tangent here, but like... No, no, like, this is, it, it's a loose topic. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Just talk about but, you and... But yeah, I mean, you're, the, I mean, but then that's where we're different. Like, you can read a book. You've read I, loads of books. Yeah, I struggle a lot more with listening than reading. Like, the, what you were saying about rewinding the audiobooks, I do that a lot. But, like, not just 30 seconds. I sometimes have to go back chapters. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with, at uni, lectures. I've never been able to sit in a lecture and listen for more than five minutes max. I can't listen to someone talk to me. I have to read to learn. So I can take it in if I'm reading it. But if I'm listening to someone talk about it, I'll have thought about 20 other things by the time I realise that I'm meant to be listening. Yeah, I mean, I same for me, for uni, I, it was horrible. Like, I'd go into these big lectures and some days I'd think, okay, I'm definitely going to listen today. Yeah. I'm paying for this. This is yeah. getting me in debt. Make sure you listen. And I found that the more I focused on listening, the less I listened. Yes. And you just lose time. <laughs> it's bizarre. Like, you just like you just go, yeah, I'm listening. Okay, that's a good point, what he's saying. And then you're, like, I suppose the Asperger part of your brain goes, hey, uh, we're going to have to catch a bus later. Yeah. And then you just sort of go, <laughs> are we? Maybe I'll just walk it. Um, I can walk it. How far is it? I don't think it's raining. There's no windows in this room, but I can't see outside. Um, but... I'm pretty sure it wasn't raining when I was coming. I think I checked the weather. There's no rain. It could rain. But if it rains, like it doesn't matter. I'm walking home anyway. I can dry and then bam, 45 minutes of the lecture has gone. And then you you somehow like come back into the room. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, I have not been listening to (laughs) anything that's being said here. Um, And I had that problem in school, like all the time. Um, But when the teacher used to go like, so like when I was in like primary school, they'd go like, Nikki, are you have you been listening to anything I've been saying? You just sort of go, um, n- we, I used to be like, yeah. And then they'd be like, repeat it. And you'd be like, um, oh God, uh, like try and like guess and get it wrong. And then yeah. all the kids laugh at you. Uh, and that makes you feel like bad, like, cause they know you haven't been listening. But if you just sort of go, no, like <laughs> that was like a whole thing. Then I realized that was different. Like your, your school your kids would like, ha, like he doesn't <laughs> care. Um, so I just applied this like kind of personality of, uh, like, I'm not bothered. This is a waste of time to hell with school. And that for some reason helped me like blend in and appear normal. Yeah. And you don't have like anything anyone would notice as like autistic. Um, like I said, like I, I managed to make it till I was 26. So that was like, school college twice uni three times uh, and no one ever went have you realized like nobody like all the authority figures um anyone that would have spotted it and i know like in like i mean i was born in 85 by the time i went to primary school the first time it was 89 like 90 yeah i made it to secondary school in 96 like i know around then like asperger's wasn't like that big a thing and it wasn't hard to recognize but i figured by the time i got to uni um like that i didn't go i went to uni in like 2006 so like at that point i feel like it would have been recognized i know some people that are in their like teens now that were diagnosed when they were four so it makes sense 
Uh, and for a long time, I like blamed everyone because I was just like, how have none of you noticed this? I wouldn't have known. Um, but then I realized that this, like, like I said, the social chameleon thing, I've just got so good at like appearing yeah like everybody else that you wouldn't notice nobody notices now like um like at work i do risk assessments for other people within the company that have asperger's because i know how to talk to them and that kind of thing and i know that a lot of workplaces companies that kind of thing know about it but they have like basic things in needs and i feel like having someone that has it helps but um every time i spoke to anyone about it they just go oh yeah but you manage it really well or um like this is why it doesn't seem so bad with you because you can't tell you wouldn't know with you um and that i suppose is like you said is my you know being able to recite a date from like the medieval times of who was king i can't do that but what i can do is appear completely like everybody else like there's nothing going on like internally i'm all over the place but externally you would never know with me that i had anything yeah you're very good at blending in and you can talk to anyone like you're you're very good at adapting to whatever group you're in yeah yeah i mean that's that's easy though but the thing is is i have like this mad theory which is how it works um for me there's only about like say 10 or 11 faces that exist in the world yeah and everybody has the same face to me everybody so if i'm honest everyone i've ever looked like looks like someone else that i know so if i see a stranger they look like someone else i've met Uh, and i that's how i see faces um in general is they all have the same features to me and they all look similar and because of that i've kind of stereotyped each one and given each one a personality so each face has a different type of personality and i treat that face the same time same way as i every time i meet one i treat it the same way i met the last person that had that face and because of that i can talk to anyone and not strangers so like if i meet a stranger most people asperger's couldn't talk to strangers strangers freak them out but for me i can talk to a stranger like when we've been out to restaurants uh, and like when they've forgotten a part of the order oh, and you start freaking out and can't even like watch me do it where i go excuse me uh, i don't think i think you might have forgotten this and they go oh oh yeah i think you're right yeah sorry like when you know i'm about to do it like i feel like you want to either get under the table <laughs> Or just run away. But, like, for me, their face fits one of the patterns or structures of, like, how I interact with that particular type of person. So asking that person where my stuff is is easy because, for me, it feels like I'm speaking to someone I've already spoke to before. Yeah, I mean, that's a talent in itself because, like you say, I cannot do that at all. If I was on my own and they'd forgotten something, I would just leave it forgotten and have paid for something that never showed up. Like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's like the that's the big, big difference between me and you, is is I'm able to do that. But that is just years of um, years of like teaching myself how to do that, and that's just from like realizing like what I suppose like you said like with the high functioning autism and the guy we've mentioned that has a carer, like his carer will do all that stuff for him. Yeah. Um, and when we're out together, like I'm not your carer, but I'll do that stuff. <laughs> You do kind of take on a carer-like role. I do that stuff for you. Um, But that's because, like, growing up, I didn't have someone that would do that stuff for me. Yeah. Like, I couldn't... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not... You've got parents that'll do that kind of thing for you, but your parents are just like, you do it. Yeah. Uh, Like, you see it all the time in... um, 
like where we work, like when a child wants something and you see the parent going, well, go ask then. Yeah. Um, so you have that. And like, even though as a child that caused me like massive anxiety and freak outs and like when I used to talk to them, um, I'd get like panicky, like sweaty, like yeah. you like, you get your heart starts going mental and you're like, oh my God, I'm next in the queue. Like, oh Jesus. Like, and all you're asking is like, excuse me, do you have this in stock? Which for the person behind the counter, that's like, yeah, we'll have a look, no problem. But for you, you're just like, oh God, like, I don't know what the outcome of this conversation is going to be. Are they going to have it? What if they do have it? Like, am I going to have to walk with them to the part in the shop where it is? Are they just going to point it out? Like, what if they don't have it? Like, that's what we've come in here for. Does that mean we've got to go to another shop that might have it? And then I'm going to have to do this again. Like, you start having all these, like, weird, crazy (laughs) thoughts. So I think some younger, like, younger version of me just decided to make up this face thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know where it comes from, um, but everyone to me looks the same. Uh, It's bizarre. Like, even if I look at someone that I have definitely never seen before, their face shape is not unique to me. It looks like somebody else I've spoken to before. Um, And it's the same with people, the way people dress. So the way people dress and, like, their outfits they choose to wear, to me, tells me what kind of personality they've got. So I've learned how to associate the way someone looks with who they are as a person. Um, I've noticed that's easy to do. And as much as everyone's like, well, that's not, you can't do that. You can do that. Like for me, that has always worked. I don't think I've ever not assessed someone based on their face and what they're wearing to determine what kind of personality they've got to determine what kind of personality I should have when I talk to them and have that go wrong where I've gone, I've totally misjudged the situation for basic small talk. I'm going to have this quick conversation with you and we're never going to talk again after this. It works like every time. And that's got me through so much stuff like um the only problem i've had is like you have like routine personalities so sometimes it's gone wrong for me is because i have a problem with authority and like people in charge of me job interviews are one of those things where i will go into it with the same mentality of when i was in school because (laughs) that's what that environment feels like you're sat in it behind a desk someone's asking you questions my brain will automatically go what personality do we need to use in here and it goes school personality uh you know and then it's like why do you want this job and you're just like because stuff costs money like do you know what i mean um or like that kind of stuff or i and i have a hard time with the with the whole possibility of you've got to answer behave a certain way in interviews that the person behind the counter knows that you're behaving a certain way because you're in an interview, but they expect those key things. It's like you said at that uni thing you did the other day where they said you've got to talk in a nicer accent than the accent you've got. <laughs> you've got to shake hands. You've got to make eye contact. Um, and it's it's like one of those things when you do an interview, you tell them a load of stuff that's kind of true, but it's, it's a little... It's li- exaggerated. Yeah, it's... and they know you're doing that. Um, yeah. And they know that you'll say anything to get this job, but they expect you to jump through the interview hoops. And because I see that whole structure, it's impossible for me to follow it. Because... Yeah. Um, I know it's nonsense. Uh, And the second I realize something is nonsense, like I can't follow it. And I'm already in the mindset of you're not the boss of me and who made you in charge of deciding on whether or not I get a job. You know what I mean? So um, it's a weird one. But I am able to go into interviews. But the trouble is, is if the person behind the desk has a face that fits a personality that I don't particularly like, which there are some of the groups of people I remember people in, there are certain faces and dress senses that I do not like, uh, and it won't matter what kind of person they are, I am pretty much rude the second we start talking, because 
I assume that this person is the person that I met before, that whoever originally started this, like, stereotype look was rude to me in the first place, and I've now installed that into yeah. every time I meet that particular, like, um, setup of a person. I go straight into, nah, like, we've had this conversation <laughs> before. We didn't get along, therefore I don't like you. So if I go to an interview and the guys behind the counter are like, oh, so you've said you can do this, do you? What makes you think that? I'm just kind of like, what? Who are you? Like, to question me, of course I can do it. Like, do you know what I mean? So, like, I have, there are, like, downsides to that whole whole experience. The same with um, customers that come in the store that we work in. Like, same, if they fit the structure of someone that I do not enjoy that particular personality or thing like it, it makes it harder for me to talk to them um, yeah but then if someone has like the opposite has one of the really good combinations that i enjoy um they can be completely horrible to me um but i'll be like no nah, well, i still like this person <laughs> um because it's it's like regimented in my head now that that is that person so it doesn't matter what they tell me i can be like ha ah you're still great you know yeah <laughs> i mean i I mean, I have a kind of similar thing with the, there's a type of person, I mean, you know that there's a type of person that I will instantly dislike. Well, yours is, yours is similar to mine, but mine's, I would say mine's more, it's hard to explain what mine is. I, when talking to my psychotherapist-y woman, when, you know, the one I paid yeah, for, yeah. Uh, she said that what I'm doing is something that everybody does, but everybody does it on an unconscious level. So yeah. there's a deep part of like your unconscious mind that does that when they talk to people uh, and it's how people make friends or like certain people and that kind of thing, you know, their type in a relationship and that kind of yeah. thing. Apparently I'm doing that, but on a conscious level and I've just, I'm aware of it. So she said that that was a really good thing that I can do that. And it's like, it's a talent to be able talent, to do that. Yeah higher up because I've I found a part of like my unconscious mind and I now use it at like a conscious level that I can control. But for you, you kind of do uh, like social groups or do you know what I mean? Like not to put too fine a point on it, but if someone's like quite posh, middle class, <laughs> like has a lot of money, but wants you to know they've got a lot of money and see themselves as like the winners in life because yeah. they have more money than you. You automatically, and I know for like normal people, they probably don't like that either. And you always people saying, oh, I don't like people that are like, like this or like that. Um, but they, because you have like the normal functioning, like empathy, sympathy, social cues, that kind of thing, their brain will go, but don't do it. Like, yeah. don't judge a book by its cover. Like, maybe they're not that bad. But because you're on the spectrum, because your brain doesn't have that, that filter, you just let them know that you don't like them. <laughs> and it might not be a case of they come up to you and you go, nah, I don't like you, like, whatever. Um, but there's definitely your tone and the way you, like, interact with them changes the second they're, like, do you know what I mean? They could walk up in a suit, pull up in, like, a <laughs> brand new car uh, and talk to you, like, excuse me, assistant, like, you will be doing everything for me. And I can see that in you... Like, you just sort of go, nah, like, I feel like no one's ever taken you down a peg and treated you, like, the way that you should be treated because of the way you talk to everyone else. But today's going to change for you, buddy. Like, I can see you do that. Um, and, like, same if you meet someone that has a similar interest or has similar, um, like, so obviously you listen to a lot of podcasts and YouTubers and that kind of thing. Yeah. You are attracted to certain people without knowing them just because they have interests and... Um, whatever that fits your oh i like this kind of group yeah but i think everybody does that to some level it's just for you there's no um there's no filter when you meet them 
Yeah, I mean, I struggle with filter, like having a filter in general. Like there are times at work where I say things and the reaction I get, I kind of think maybe I shouldn't have said that. Or people will laugh but think that I've been, like they'll say like, oh, that was a bit harsh. And I don't really understand why. I get that quite a lot where I haven't realised that I've been what you'd consider rude. Yeah, you make like... um inappropriate jokes or you say stuff that is sensitive to someone but they don't realize that it's sensitive to them um for example like i'm sure he won't mind me mentioning this like if he does listen to this or if this ever gets out but the one of the guys we work with mom died um a bit ago but you make dead mom jokes around him all the time <laughs> And, like, directly related to him. Yeah. Um, which is one of the things that I think initially tipped me off that you might be on the spectrum is watching you do that kind of stuff. <laughs> because I know that's not normal behaviour. And you, there's no part of your brain that's saying to you, don't make a joke about that. Like, I know that um, that shouldn't be joked about. Like, which is one of the things that I guess makes me, like, not stand out yeah. as someone on the spectrum because I would never make that joke because I'm aware of the fact that making that joke might be seen as insensitive. Yeah. But that's not because, like, there's that part of my brain that goes, don't do that. Um, I just weigh up the evidence. So the thing is, is um, if I'd have ever heard him make a joke about it, then I would be like, it's fine, he does it, I can do it. But the trouble is, before I knew about that, other people had told me about it and warned me about it and, like, said stuff. So I've got that, like, backup of knowing that maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Obviously, like um, like I said, I used to watch a lot of telly and movies and that kind of thing, whereas where I got... It's where I got a lot of my social cues from. Like, if yeah. you watch a lot of TV and movies, you see, like, a whole range of emotions being acted out for certain situations. Uh, and a parent dying or someone not having a mom, um, every time that comes up in a movie, like, it's never a humorous, like, funny <laughs> situation. So um, I got it in my head that that is something not to do. So, like, that's that's how I structure all my interactions with everybody. Yeah. Is I've seen it. I've watched it happen and then made notes, basically, like, made mental notes. Like, um, I guess one of my other, I suppose, autistic superpowers is my memory is really Your good. Your memory is really good. I only have to hear something once and I'll remember it. Yeah. Um, and I only have to, uh, like, I can tell you what someone was wearing or what happened the day, like, if we go to, a, like, a, a restaurant we've been to before, but we went to it, like, three years ago, I can tell you what we were wearing when we went last time and what we ate. Yeah. Um, which is how I think I managed to get through school normally, because even though I wasn't listening, um, I'd pick up the key points and my brain would somehow record them, um, which is good because I couldn't revise for exams or anything yeah. like that because I can't read stuff. So, like, it just went in during the lessons, hopefully, and the stuff that didn't, didn't, which is why all my grades, I think, were, like, Cs and Ds because I wasn't listening in lessons, but when I did dip in and out of the lessons, those bits stuck. And yeah. that just happened to be enough to get me through my exams. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's the same with films. I've, I'll, I'll remember someone, like, talking about their, like, dead parents and it being, like, a sad scene. But the only reason I know it's sad is not because, like, of that. It's because they've used, like, sad music. <laughs> yeah, or, okay. like, you know, they've made it rain when it happened or something like that. So in my head, my brain's gone, so this is sad. If this ever comes up again in a conversation, this is sad. And this is this person, it's causing that person, like, great, like, pain to talk about it. So don't talk about it. But then equally, 
you can use it to, I suppose, evil as well, because, like, you know it will upset them. So if you want to have, like, an argument with someone, yeah, uh, you just think, bring that up, because you know what that does, like, because you've seen what the, like, thing of that is. So, like, I, I had, like, a recording of, like, everything that way, whereas for you, um, I feel like it's it's different. Like, you, you don't... You don't realise what you're about to do is not funny, is funny. Uh, you just want to make that joke. Uh, and in this situation with the person at work and the joke about, like, his dead mom, like, he's okay with that. Yeah. Uh, and hasn't ever hasn't ever said, like, that's not appropriate. And no one's ever taken you to one side and gone, Scarlett, you need to stop. No, I you think... You need to stop making these jokes now because he's not going to tell you because it's it's distressing. Um, but you need to pack it in. Like, no one's ever done that. So, like, you took a shot, and it was fine. Like, nothing bad ever came of it. But I imagine there's been times in your life where you've done it, and everyone's gone, ooh, no, no. Yeah, I, I've got, like, one sister that's really sensitive, but I quite, like, like, I, I guess, like, one of my senses of humour is, like, winding people up, and I quite enjoy doing that so i would make jokes to things that i know she'd be super sensitive about and then think it was really funny that she was wound up not really acknowledging that that i guess is was hurtful to her like i just thought i thought we were having a laugh like i thought she was enjoying it too but i i think like on reflection probably she wasn't yeah and same with my mum like my mum's quite easy to wind up at times yeah, whereas, um, I don't know, because, yeah, it's, it's different. Like, this is what I'm talking about, like, from, like, the way you're raised. For some reason, like, I've decided that I need to blend in and appear normal and sort of hide what's different about me. Um, I'm not sure why. Uh, I'm not sure at what point that happened. Yeah. Or at what point I decided that, like, this part of me is not for, like, public consumption you know I shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't have it out there <laughs> for people to see it um i kind of all i can think of is i used to get into trouble a lot when i was really young so in trouble with my parents a lot for like my behavior in trouble with teachers a lot for the way i was uh and like i said authority in general and i think i was sick of like being shouted at or put in detention or isolated and like that kind of thing so i figured that it would just be easier to appear normal so like i just started building this entire structure and like fantasy personality that's not me at all yeah but it's a good way the trouble is is like you get so used to it and it becomes part of your routine that it it alters like everything like everything about me now is to fit this blending in things like the way i look dress all that kind of stuff is um is it, it has to be a certain way like i can't leave my house like if like i don't look the way i was gonna look that day you know like you know yeah. like some people can just nip to the shop in like their pajamas yeah or, like i don't own like tracksuit bottoms and if i did i'd never leave the house in them you know yeah i don't own like trainers i don't own like what i would consider comfy clothing i mean i've got a bit now um because people have bought me it over the years and it's just there but like if the postman was coming <laughs> like and i had to sign for a package like so i mean i'm out of the pajamas and like into like regular clothes yeah i can't just go out like oh, i just need to nip down the road to the shop and it's all part of like the way i look is down to the way i'm perceived by like society so that has to be the way i talk to everybody as well um it's got less since you get older i think because i'm not in 
environments where I have to be seen. Yeah. Uh, quite as much as I was. So, like, it's a little bit more relaxed. Like, you can pretty much go in and out now. You can get out of your flat, go to a shop, go to a supermarket, and be gone. Um, before, you, without having to, have to talk to yeah. anyone, you know what I mean? So, like, it doesn't matter. But that still means that people are going to see me. So, I'm still going to have to do my hair. I'm still going to have to, like, pick, like, the right clothing for... I mean, like, look at me now. Like, we've come to a park... <laughs> to do this episode and like i couldn't have just thrown anything no, on you didn't. because there's people like walking past us with dogs like do you know what i mean like there's people that are going to see me like everything's got to be a certain way otherwise it's not happening yeah i mean i i can relate to that in a way though because i actively make an effort every day to appear like i don't care about the way i look because i don't want people to think that i've in any way made an effort and it's gone wrong so i like you know what i look like like daily i don't really do makeup i don't brush my hair or make any kind of conscious like i try and make it look like i don't care but if we ever and i don't really but like if i ever go on a night out or to like a nice meal it takes me a good three or four hours to get ready and usually that will involve some sort of meltdown because I'll have planned exactly what I want to look like and I want it to be perfect and when one little thing goes wrong that's it like I I'm a mess because I feel like people are going to look at me see that I've made an effort and if it doesn't look perfect I feel like I've I like it's hard to describe like I feel like I failed like I remember one night I planned false eyelashes but I messed them up when I was doing them I couldn't use them so it took me an hour of walking around different shops trying to find a pair that I wanted to wear to then go back and get ready for this night out exactly how I'd planned it so I think like in a way I had the same as you but only for certain events and it's probably a good thing because for me it takes me hours yeah. if I want to be like that which is why I don't do that ever. Yeah. I mean, it it takes me hours in the sense of I'm planning it, like, 24 hours in advance. So, like, yeah. I think it's it's slightly worse, like, because of where we work. Where we work doesn't have a uniform. So, uh, yeah. like, that in itself is a, is a nightmare. Um, and, like, I've noticed that, like, on days where we're busier, so say, like, Saturday, Sunday, um, because it's the weekend and more people are off and more people are in, my outfits for the weekend are better than my outfits <laughs> in the week because I know I'm going to be coming into contact with more people. But if you ever, like, I mean, I'm kind of giving away a secret here about me, but if you look at the way I'm dressed on a weekday to the way I'm dressed at the weekend at work, you'll notice that my outfits at the weekend are nicer. <laughs> my ones in the week are still good, but they're nowhere near the level of my weekend outfits. That's interesting. Uh, like... I think I wore, like, my checkered trousers on Saturday, which, you know... Yeah, you did. They, they don't come out in the week. They don't come out in the week. Like, I'd never wear them, like, on a weekday. I'm not wasting them on weekday, people. No, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's just something I have to do. And if I don't do it, I can't interact with people. And I can't fit into my, like, being able to put people into their, like, groups and interact with them if I myself don't look. And I think I look away that fits into a group as well. So, like, yeah. I've created whichever one of the 11, 12, how many personalities there are, I'm, to be honest, I've never counted them, but whichever one it is, I've picked the one that's my favourite and made sure that my appearance matches that one. So, yeah, I've done that as well. Yeah, I mean, 
like this is kind of off topic of like looks and everything but to talk about adapting this is something i was thinking about the other day um obviously i'm management as well but i'm newer to management than you but when i first started i kept my like sales assistant personality mm-hmm. as a member of management and i was still quite i guess my sales assistant personality was kind of shyer i was maybe nicer to people in a way and that's kind of what i stuck with but then i had a meeting with our boss and she told me to be more of a battle axe and i was thinking about it the other day and as soon as she said it my whole personality at work just changed and if anything like in a way i feel like i might have gone too far because i do think like if you compare the me at work now to the me at work then it's like two different people yeah but i mean like you have to be tough as um as a person i mean as a management and like i know you're not really like that outside of work so i know that you do it because you have to which is fine like i think even though um one of the things i've noticed about asperger's is when you tell someone i do it so some of the things we're talking about now and have talked about previously anyone that's neurotypical and not on the spectrum will sort of go yeah but i do that yeah do you know what i mean like which there's two reasons for that um one is everyone has i think some sort of autistic traits yeah like everybody's got a few you just have to have like enough to be classed as autistic um but i also know that some people do the same things i do but the trouble is is it becomes a bit annoying when someone goes yeah but i do that because you realize that um you're not explaining it properly and it is that they do it too but you do it on a way more exaggerated yeah like intense level but I think everyone that is management or in charge of, say, like a team or some sort of leader in the job they do, to some extent, they have to be, like you said, a bit of a battle axe. Like, yeah. you have to be harsh. Like, you can have associates, but you shouldn't really be too friendly. I mean, like, I've seen that happen loads of times where I, there's a manager that's too nice and too friendly and just gets walked all over by the people under them. Yeah. So I think everybody, to some level, has to be that way when they're management and aren't like that. Uh, outside of work like our store manager in particular i've seen her be tough with people yeah and like see her like proper like lay into people but then outside of work same person like she's like hey you know yeah. like, she's nice because she knows that when she's at work she's at work and she knows that like definition between the two which is why she probably told you to do the same thing yeah but even though everyone anyone listening to this thinks yeah but i'm a if they're like in management and go yeah but i do that too what they don't get is to the level it is to you, to them. To them, it's, I'm at work, do this now, I'm in the zone, like, I'm at work. But for you, like, you'll get into work, you'll come behind the counter, and then in your brain, you, like, have to flick a switch yeah. to be like, okay, we're here now, get into that mindset. And it's good if you've got, like, the routines, um, like you said, with the way you dress, like, the way you're dressed now, to the way you dress at work, you definitely have, even though there isn't a uniform, a uniform. Like, yeah, you have I... set things you have to wear. And I think it's kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Not, uh, it's, uh, I don't know, but it's, it's not routine, but it's, um, what's the word? It begins with like an S. Um, and I... it, it means like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Like, it, mean, it means like ritual, not an S. Ritual. Oh, a ritual. A ritual. <laughs> I was thinking of like sacrifice or like sanctuary. But yeah, you have the, the ritual of work. And the yeah, ritual for you yeah. is you have to be dressed a certain way and you have to wear the certain things. And the second you put that outfit on, 
like and getting back to like the superpowers of autism once that outfit's on yeah. your brain goes into like management mode but like say like now you're wearing like dungarees <laughs> um and like uh like a t-shirt if you wore dungarees and a t-shirt while you're at work i think you wouldn't know how, how to, to behave yeah. how to talk to people but like because you always wear like when you're at work you always wear black it's always leggings like it's always like a it's hoodie. completely different to what i wear outside of work like i it's completely different yeah like so i think once you're in that outfit but i think if i put you in the outfit outside of work i think you'd be more authority with just random strangers probably um and yeah there's that kind of like that's the thing people at work that are management know when they're at work i'm at work i'm a professional i gotta do this but for us it's more sort of like oh like yeah. i'm in this outfit now i'm at this part of the counter i've got my lanyard on like do you know what i mean and your brain just goes okay so now we need to get into this frame of mind like but more so yeah it's a more extreme level where if parts of it change you're out yeah whereas for everybody else it's more of a it's more of a mindset but for you it's more of a it's literally like a transformation yeah i think like as a whole this episode has more turned into how we adapt to... well this is i mean to be fair you said like the social chameleon thing and that's like it's way more complicated than we can talk about in an yeah, hour yeah it's difficult i mean come back to it i've talked about the face thing but there's there's loads of stuff i do like yeah um, like I, I think i've mentioned it that i'm good at reading other people's body language yeah um so like when i meet people that i don't know um i can do base body language stuff like you can always tell i can tell what angry is i can tell what sad is but not because like there's that thing that most people have where their brain goes they're sad uh i look for like the way their face looks or i look for like the way they're stirred um i listen to like possible tone um it's difficult if somebody comes in and is angry from the second i meet them because the base level for that person is anger yeah um, and i don't realize that they are because part of me just goes that's just the way they're talking that's yeah. how they talk um it might take a different interaction with them like later on where they talk normally uh where i realize that it's different but it's, it's hard so like if i first meet someone and they're angry rude and shouty to start off with that is how i'll see them forever yeah um and it won't matter what they do at that point on i just think oh you're that angry guy like you just get worked up about everything like you're such a drama queen <laughs> and it won't matter like it could be that one time and that's all the time they've ever been angry but like i'll always remember them as that whereas if someone's calm and talks normally and behaves normally the first time i meet them that's like my base reading for that person and then i judge it from there so the next time i meet them if they're shouty and like aggressive and like the way they're stirred the way their face is i just think oh this isn't them normally there's something wrong with them and then like i take my time and i'm like it's anger yeah. and, just, and like, like like i said with the movies tv series and that kind of thing I was like, i've seen this before this is angry um and like same with like if they get upset if someone's upset when i meet them i just assume that's the way they talk they always have a bit of a wobbly voice and, like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. they're always crying yeah yeah well no crying i get so if someone's crying i understand crying crying's a hard one to not understand um yeah. but like for me anger is just something that some people are just loud so sometimes i mistake uh the fact that they're angry with this person's just loud all the time like this is just a noisy person yeah uh, so i don't think anything of it but i would say that's like definitely another talent you have because i don't think i have that like i am really bad at judging uh, like not terrible and i can do it but there are times where i'll be carrying on with a joke while someone's getting 
noticeably upset but I'm not realising yeah. and then eventually they will walk off and I just go oh are they annoyed or I do it I do it a lot or I don't always realise if I don't I'm not very good at working out what people are thinking like if they're happy sad yeah I suppose I mean you won't be in I suppose like that level but like I don't know if you do it on a like so what I do on like people that I know well so say someone I've known for a long time yeah um like my reading has got to the point now where I can tell there's something wrong with them because they're walking different so like you start noticing everything so the more I'm around someone the more I know about them so like in relationships when I've been with someone for a while um I can tell there's something wrong just by the way they've come into the room yeah. Um, so, like, straight away, they'll sit down. And I've done it with you a you few times. You do it with me all the time. Where I go, what's wrong? And you go, nothing. And I'm like, what's wrong? And you're like, no, seriously, nothing. And I'm just like, no, there's something. And I know there is. And I'm usually right. You usually eventually, like, come clean and go, it's this. And I'm just like, I know. <sighs> um, and it's the same with, like, if I work with someone long enough, I know. Like, I yeah. know something's wrong before other people have no know something's wrong. Um, you can just tell by... They have, like... Because everyone has, like, some sort of normal like level like yeah. they are all the time and you can tell something's wrong just because they're not sticking to their routine so i kind of apply routines to everybody else's behavior so everybody else has routine the way they are all the time and if they differ from that um i'm straight in there with this because i think it's causing me like it's annoying me a little bit so like yeah. i don't i don't think it's like i'm not it's not that i care or it's not that I'm, like, worried about their, like, whatever. It's because they're messing with, like, what's supposed to be happening. Yeah. Um, so I need to get in there and be like, what's up? Yeah. Um, and I know that you can't just go, what is it now? Why yeah. are you doing this? Stop this. I've learned to go, what's wrong? Something's wrong. <laughs> tell me what's wrong. And then they tell you. Um, and then you can go back to the routine. Yeah, a lot of people just want to talk about it. Once they've talked about it, they feel better. Yeah. Um, and then they'll go back to normal. You know, they're like, thanks for the chat. And you're like, that's fine. You know, <laughs> like, that's what I'm here for. Um, but really, you've kind of followed your own, like, selfish agenda to get things back into the, like, clockwork, like, yeah. way of things. But that's the only reason I know, and I guess that's why I've done it over what you've done it, is I don't like, um, like, disturbance in, like, the order of things. Um, whereas I think for you, that is not a factor in your daily life. So you haven't bothered to learn when someone's bothered or when someone's upset or, like, that kind of thing, because it's not relevant. But for me, it's it's annoying. If I know someone there's something wrong with someone because they're not doing their normal thing, I can't leave it alone. I can't just be like, just ignore them. Like, yeah. just ignore them. You know, like when someone tells you, no, they're just an attention seeker. Like, they they just want you to pay attention to them because this is what they do. They're fishing for it. doesn't matter. Like, every time I'll be like, what's up? Like, I know that's, you know, that's what they're after and I know it reinforces whatever the hell it is that they're up to. Yeah. Um, but I don't care because it's messing with me. Um, whereas I think for you, your routines that you've made for yourself through, like, the day, that it does not factor into it so it doesn't matter yeah i just i just don't notice i'm really i guess oblivious to that yeah which probably isn't a good thing but um i don't know i, don't I know. just get annoyed i get annoyed if someone doesn't tell me like i I never understand it if if someone's got a problem or they're annoyed i don't understand why they don't just say that to me i don't 
I am not very good at like hints. I yeah, I mean, well, that's normal. Like I said, that's that's a trait in itself. Like I think that's one of the things I noticed about you is your inability to pick up on social cues. You know, like when someone's trying to get you to ask them something because yeah. they're dropping like huge, massive elephant elephant size hints. Uh, and, like, most people with Asperger's don't notice they're doing it. Yeah. Like, they just sort of go, okay. Like, oh, yeah, it's a shame. I've got a... Say, like, you've got a car. Yeah. When you would had a car and you were driving, like, people would just be like, oh, it's a long walk home. There won't yeah. be any buses for another hour and a half. Like, oh, yeah, I live right near you, don't I? Don't <laughs> you have to pass mine to get home? Like, for you, you're just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I live on this street. You live here. Like, I think it's like a mile and a half. Or I have to wait for a bus. It's about an hour. And like, yeah, buses can be unreliable. <laughs> like, or I'd have to walk. And you'll be like, yeah, but it's a nice day. Like, walking's fine. Like, no part of you gets what they're getting at. No. Um, and that is, like, I suppose a really, like, dumbed-down example of, like, Asperger's in general. But, yeah, that is what it is. You don't know what people are actually asking because they won't outright just say it. Yeah. Um... Which is, yeah, which is, everybody does that. Everybody does that to some level. I don't pick up on it, um, but I think once you get diagnosed, like, you can say to someone, look, I've got Asperger's, don't be around the bush. Like, yeah. if you want something from me, just ask me. But the problem I have um, is because, like I said, because I blend in, people forget I've got it, so then yeah. I'm back in the same boat of them just like, oh, I tried to get him to do it, but he just was having none of it. Um, and they think that their hints are so massive that you purposely know exactly what they're doing but are choosing to be like, nah, I don't know what you mean. Like, when really you do know what they mean, you just don't want them to know that you get it. Yeah, I think, like... Well, I think what this episode has kind of summarised is your your ability. Like, in comparison to me, you are a lot better at adapting, reading people adapting yourself to how other people are like that's definitely just a that is i guess your burger talent like you yeah are, and it it's a weird one because it is kind of it's kind of the opposite to what people associate with people with asperger's like well i think i think how it happened is because i think that my asperger's was the thing that caused me trouble i think it's the thing out of everything I've ever done I think it's the thing that got me into the most trouble with everybody it was the hardest thing to deal with so I think it's it's a it's an indication of that that the thing I'm good at is doing the exact opposite of what I naturally want to do yeah um so like I'm good at all of that and it just it didn't occur to me until um you know after you diagnose and after you look it up and after you know what it is you then realize wait a minute like that's all the stuff that I hide. Yeah. Like, all the traits that I found that were relevant to me and all the things I read about Asperger's that I knew I had, I was like, that's all the stuff that I try and keep hidden from everybody. Yeah. And it was just a weird, like, realisation that I just sort of go... So I've taught myself how to not do all this stuff, and that's mental, that my brain has decided that these are all the things that are getting you into trouble with the world, basically. So we now need to think of complex and ways to deal with them that the end result looks like normal behavior yeah um whereas yeah i mean i know you've got the skills like i used to joke when people said that like what can you draw or can you play any instrument or yeah. can you look at something once and remember it perfectly like i used to joke and just went look no one everyone with autism 
Like some people just don't have any talents whatsoever. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing that exists that. Um, like that's just something in the film. Some people have it, some people don't, but it's not really an Asperger thing. But like you said, I've got this. Um, I'm pretty sure you've got something. Um, there are a few things, and I I think you'll figure them out. Like once you're diagnosed and once you've spoke to someone, you'll find stuff about yourself. Like I thought I was like completely average. Yeah. Like when before diagnosis, I just thought like everything about me was like dull and there was nothing like unique in me in any way like i'd look at things people could achieve like anyone that could like play an instrument or anyone that could um sing or draw or was good at a job or like good at like numbers or you know could write stuff like that kind of thing i always thought those people like had that unique skill and i was just talentless yeah and like nothing but then like once i got diagnosed and he told me stuff you start realizing all these things that you can do you're like oh my god yeah i can do that and I feel like that'll happen for you. There are things about you, though, that, like, I think it's impressive you can do that. Um, but I guess it's, it's more me because I've taken more time. Like, I only told you about this Asperger thing with you, like, what, November? Yeah. So we're only in May now. So, like, and you've not been diagnosed. So for you, we're still learning where your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. Um, but I think they'll come. Like, there's already things we've figured out about you that we're like, oh, yeah, well, you can do that. You can do this. So... Yeah, I just it's interesting because your way of I guess covering your Aspergers is like like I also have a way of doing it, but it's just um, your way is completely different. It's interesting that there are different ways to go about it, but I I think it's it is a talent like what you do and how you adapt, and like you said, like you put all of your sort of intelligence into that. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of effort. Like, doing what I do is a lot of effort. Like, it drains me to do it on a daily basis. Like, I've said before, when I take a week off work, I don't go on holiday. I don't go to see family. I basically just shut myself in my flat and do not leave yeah. and spend time just not doing any of it because it is, it is a massive drain. Um, like, I like to go like days without ever making like a noise out of my mouth yeah. because that's nice yeah, yeah. Um, and it's because I need not recovery time but you know I wouldn't have realized that like before diagnosis I'd have just carried on doing what I'm doing which is why I think <laughs> things ended up the way they did you know like um, just everything was a struggle but now I'm aware of the fact that what I do takes a lot of energy and like you said a lot of focus and like I use a lot of my intelligence into just being able to interact with people yeah like I'm aware of the fact that every now and then I need a break from that because it's stressful um yeah. like I want to talk about obsessive thoughts I was yeah, and like rumination because I think that's a big thing for both of us so I feel like we should do an episode on that but obviously like when you decide it's time to do that because that's how this works but I feel <laughs> like we should because we've both had mental anxieties about stuff that yeah. um, and I believe they're a side effect of not having that time to yourself and not having a calm down where your brain decides to think about something minor and then turn it into like this huge ridiculous like all-consuming like thought process yeah I mean I have obsessive thoughts pretty much all day every day yeah and i think that's the side effect of like you being undiagnosed and like not dealing with what you're what's happening with you because you don't know what it is and don't know how to handle it yeah. like you've said since i've been talking to you and giving you like 
coping strategies and that kind of thing that those kind of mental thoughts have died down a little bit yeah yeah definitely but yeah we'll do that we're not next time because uh, at I, don't, some point, I don't get to decide. But at like, some mystery point in the future. When the time feels <laughs> right for you and you want to bring it up, I feel like that's a good topic. So I think that is definitely a side effect or um, symptom of like me blending in and you doing what you do is yeah. this like weird negative thing that happens because of it. Okay. But I think that's it. Like I said, this topic is way more complex and I'd like to, like I said, when you uh, give it your blessing, to come back to this one again as well and <laughs> yeah. go into some more detail about Sorry, some other Sorry, it was strategies. a bit uh, jumbled, but I thought it was good to just kind of talk it out. Yeah, yeah. that's good. All right, cool. Bye.